I know my girlfriend wouldn't approve. I didn't realize my girl was setting me up. Yo, my girl didn't trust me. Nah. Yeah, but she lost control. I wouldn't take the bait. I said, chill, baby. Baby, chill. Baby, baby, wait. My girl busts in. And caught us creating a boom. And she said, girlfriend! Things that make you go, hmm. <laughs> Welcome back well, to the Continue Podcast. A, a thing that, that happened and I don't we're do- even... We're doing it. We're doing it for the people. and We're doing it for the children and the people and the... And the... <laughs> we broke Dave. We broke Dave already. I Okay. Yeah. Welcome back to Continue Podcast. This is episode 42. My name is Anthony John Agnello. This is a podcast that is, I promise you, chiefly about video games. Chiefly. <laughs> it is about, uh, yeah. It's, yeah, yeah it's, all right, chiefly, yeah. yeah, yeah chiefly, yeah. Okay, okay, chiefly. Okay, okay. This is about video games, bigly, believe me. Uh, <laughs> with me, as always, are the people that host the show with me. We have Staff Roberts of The Dave Roberts. Uh, so you want to learn a fun Japanese language fact? Yeah. Yes. Learned? So, so you know how when you say, hey, can, can you move a skosh over? Like, I need to sit down, just move over a skosh. That's, that's a Japanese word. Skosh it's, is a word? Well, the, the word is sakoshi. It's, uh, it's a Japanese word for a little. <laughs> and it was picked up by English or uh, American GIs during, like, after, like, post-World War II, Korean War, and it filtered its way into America. That is awesome. Slang. I love yeah. that. And, but- yeah, and I think, like, it got sort of transformed into skosh because in Japanese, oftentimes the ending U and I sound gets dropped. So, especially, like, when you're... Talking quickly, like you wouldn't say skoshi, you'd say skosh. And it just became skosh. Skosh also sounds like if you were writing a movie in the late 70s about GIs stationed in Okinawa in the 1950s, it sounds like what you would expect the accent to be like, hey, move a skosh, huh, buddy? Come on, pal. (laughs) I gotta get back to my gal back home. We also have Susan Arndt. I hate you, and here's why. <laughs> Wait, which but, of us? Who do you yeah, hate? Say, you, sir. To? You, Anthony John Agnello, and here's why. <laughs> so I only ever started watching The Orville because of you. Yeah! And now I am, yeah, because yeah, the second yeah, season has yeah. started, I am watching it again. And it had one of the most offensive episodes i i could have possibly imagined oh and i'm still offended by it i'm way behind so you're dead to me is what i'm saying all right wait wait, wait, i don't know okay so i'm behind on the orville okay how how behind are you let's see what's the last thing that happened i think the last thing that happened was strong woman left the show oh then you might have seen this episode i I actually can't recall it, it with the specific order. This is a uh, they encounter a planet that is governed by astrology. 
Oh, I did see that one. Okay. That's right. And like everybody hates you if you're a Pisces. Correct. And like you go to fucking concentration camps if you're a Pisces. Correct. Correct. Okay. It's crazy. We're going to talk about this right now. We're yeah. Gonna, what okay. the yeah. fuck? Yeah, they go. Like, yeah. At the beginning of it, it's like fucking contact, and these aliens are all like, they should have sent a poet. Yeah. But then they go to a state dinner, and they're like, oh shit, you're Capricorn. You're going to Auschwitz. That's this is what correct. Happens. This yeah. is correct. This is okay. So it's a first contact situation. Keep, please keep in mind the Orville is is funny Star Trek. Okay. Yeah. It is modeled after Star Trek. Prime directive. You don't interfere with the society until they're ready to make contact. Cool. They're ready to make contact. Awesome. They go down. They're like, cool, you're new. Hey, awesome. They're like, hey, space friends, what's up? And then they find out that, yeah, if you were born under a a specific star sign, you are sent immediately to a concentration camp. Everybody, everybody with this star sign, they are considered violent and, and a blight on society. So the entire planet, this is what has happened. If you were born under this astrological sign, boom, you are removed. It should, be, okay. it should be stated for the record that this concentration camp is made exclusively of untreated plywood. So it's if true. you needed to get out, you could you could literally just go like this to true, a watchtower and get out. They don't try to because... For they generations, they're awful. Yeah. For three thousand years, it has been ingrained in their culture that this is just fact. That yeah. if you are born under this sign, you are evil. Okay. So two crew members of the Orville qualify as evil. They're shipped off to the concentration camp. Obviously, they try to break out. Meanwhile, the Orville is trying to negotiate, like to be respectful of their of their uh, society and their culture, while also getting their people back. They're trying to do it the correct way. It's not working. Okay, so what they do, they realize somehow that what caused this is that 3,000 years ago, a black hole swallowed one of the stars in the constellation that governs this star sign. So they're like, oh, I know. (laughs) We'll send out a little little thing with a solar sail. It'll (laughs) reflect light from one of the other stars. We'll trick the people Mm -hmm. into thinking the star had come back. And then everything will be okay. Okay, so whatever. I'm going to hand wave the fact that this actually works. That suddenly, spontaneously, after 3,000 years of culture, people go, oh shit, the star's back. Cool. Everything's fine now. Whatever. Fine. Okay, that works. Great. Now, to get their two crew members back, they have completely fucked with a planet's culture. They now, all the people in the concentration camps are let out. There is no mm-hmm. infrastructure to support them. No, nope, their economy gen- is going to dis- disintegrate instantaneously. It's fucked. There's nowhere for them to live. There's no jobs for them. How are they going to get fed? Also, hey, what is it? what happens to your societal shift when you release a whole bunch of people into the general population who believe down to the core of their being, that they are trash. And Mm -hmm. oh yeah, by the way, everybody else on the planet believes they're trash. But now they're out there. Here's my favorite part of the entire screenplay for this episode. I'm not fucking done yet, but go ahead. No, wait. Lay on Dave that the best part of all of this is that at the end of it, (laughs) somebody does ask the significant question of, "Yep, hey man, that solar seals, its orbit's going to decay. And also, they're on the cusp of very competent spaceflight. And the answer is, they're like, go- what they're happens? They're going to figure it out. They're going to figure it out, like, like within a generation. Yeah. 
And the answer is, don't worry about it. <laughs> yes! Yes! That is legitimately their answer. It's like, eh, whatever. That's good writing. That's that's tight writing. Yeah. That's good. I'm so, I'm so, I was so angry. It's really. I'm, I'm like, I'm walking around the office the next day. I'm like, who watches the Orville? I need to talk about this. <laughs> I am so angry. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's really. You got, you, got, you got the full McFarlane there. It's really like such an abrupt tonal oh, wow. shift. There are like five startlingly abrupt tonal shifts in that episode too. Because the beginning is, even before the first contact is made, you have, like, the the leader of the global government for this planet sending the first message yeah, into space. Yeah. And it's very austere, and when it's received by Seth MacFarlane himself, it's also very austere. And then it immediately is like, let's send down not Worf, who's also a sex addict. And have him put in a concentration camp within five minutes. Mm-hmm. I liked that one. Mm-hmm. I like. It does All right, wait. I think I think I need to specify for the record that I watched that one, and I was playing the Xenoblade Chronicles Two expansion, so I might have just been sitting there being like, "This is stupid," but these anime people are all right. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good expansion too so you're like okay <laughs> these anime people they're pretty cool these anime people are okay yeah uh susan you uh so it's not just uh the the orville that's been causing some consternation in your existence it's been a chaotic couple of weeks it has. for you personally mm-hmm. um at the exact same time you have been knee deep in what some people would consider a very stressful game. Indeed, indeed. I have been playing the Resident Evil 2 remake. Mm-hmm. And so here's here's what I discovered. Now, you guys know I don't finish a lot of games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because when I'm done with it, I'm done, and I'm totally cool with that. But I, I enjoyed this greatly. I think it's a absolutely brilliant reimagining of the game. And you play to to ha- play it to completion. You play. There's two characters, and one go around is first one character, then the other character. That's the complete story. And then to really max it out, you switch. So if you start with Leon and end with Claire, then you switch and start with Claire and end with Leon. Cool. I had no intention of doing that. I was going to to play it and play it through to completion and be done, because the game does not change significantly if you mm-hmm. when you swap the order little things do but mostly it's the exact same thing that you've already experienced but i found myself obsessing over it not in an unhealthy way but in a very focused way most specifically it was one specific aspect of it during the course of the game you will find rolls of film which you can develop and then there's a picture and the picture helps you solve solve a puzzle in the game and one of the pictures is called Hiding Places. And it's, it's two images. And there's something. You, and it doesn't tell you where they are. They are somewhere in the environments that you peruse in this game. They're just somewhere. And if you can figure out where they are, you find cool stuff. And it's a, an achievement to find the two things. Do they change them? Like if you're on the A or B path? I, I, nope. I 
I saw those and I was like, I'm not doing that. I'm yeah. not. <laughs> there, no, there. This and and also pro tip: uh, if you want to make it a little easier for you, the things like the the combination locks, the the combinations don't change. Yeah. So just if you learn it once, known. just write it down, and you can just sail through. If you're if you're trying to get that achievement for completing the game in under four hours, highly recommend doing that. And I became I was as as you say I was going through a a, a very upsetting time, so my brain was very chaotic. And so I became very pleasantly fixated on finding these hidden things and playing mm. this game. And I and I was starting to think about why why am I doing this? Why is this so pleasant to me? And it's it's about making something orderly. Mm-hmm. There is a there is a best optimal way to play through Resident Evil Two. Mm-hmm. There is a an ideal path to take. There is an ideal number of items to collect. There's a rhythm to it that you can discover if you just work at it. Mm-hmm. And I, that really appealed to me because it was okay. I know I know all the bits. I've played through the game once. I know this is when Mister X is going to pop up. I know this is when the William Birkin fight is going to come up. I know that. Mm-hmm, yep. Got it. I know it's going to happen. And now I can plan and I can do it the most efficient way or the best way or the, and that really appealed to me. And the game is, is built to consistently reward that behavior. Correct. With like really interesting stuff too. Correct. Correct. Absolutely. And it, it was, it's, it's a very, very tangible and obvious order from chaos. Mm-hmm. And so I, I put it out on Twitter like, hey, I'm not alone in this, am I? And I just I had all of these people responding to me like, nope, that's why I play Diablo. That's why I play this. That's why I play. And it's a very common thing. And it's and I was playing Tharsis today. Terrible name. Awesome game. Same deal. Like chaos. But if I just strategize correctly, here is this very clear problem. If I do things right, I can solve it. And it, it's just this really, it takes a lot of the stress off of, of real world sort of consternation. Yeah. And the funny, the the, the nicest thing uh, rather about Resident Evil 2 is like we were just saying, like it gives you things for doing that. It's like, oh, you've done this even more efficiently. Here's a weapon with infinite ammunition. Oh, yep. you've done this even more efficiently. Here's a new side game for all of this. Yep. Susan, when you brought up this topic, I was kind of cast backwards in my life because when I was 17 years old, uh, I was obsessed with the original release of Resident mm. Evil mm-hmm. 2 mm-hmm. and uh, wasn't good enough to beat the B path uh, on normal at the mm. time. Like, I could do it on easy, but, like, I wanted to do it the real way. And when uh, when things had gotten so bad at my father's house that I realized mm. I needed to move out, I became obsessed with the idea that the only way I can beat the B path with Claire is, like, I'm really good at the Leon A path mm-hmm. in the original release. And I'll get good enough to beat it in under two and a half hours. Because if you beat it in under two and a half hours without saving more than five times, mm. you get an infinite rocket launcher for the entire game. Mm-hmm. It's just in 
your item box and you just have it. And so I just played Leon A over and yep. over and over again. And the pleasure, like, at, at the time, my girlfriend was like, why are you doing this again? Like, you already know how to do this. I'm like, no. I like knowing that I'm going to go get the red jewel and mm-hmm. I'm going to put mm-hmm. it in the statue. <laughs> and, like, the, 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 the pleasure of Resident Evil to me has never been, like, ooh, the spooks and scares. Mm-hmm. Or, oh, shit, it's somebody kicked a giant scorpion right in his gonads. It's the puzzle box <laughs> nature. Mm-hmm. It's the, I have perfected the way that I am going to mold this thing into its ideal shape and then set it down and do it again. Mm-hmm. It's troubling because like it's thank god resident evil 2 remake came out when it did for you to do this because most games aren't like this anymore it's true most games are way too long to do anything even remotely like this that is absolutely true and it it lends itself to replay and i i don't normally replay games at all but it it lends itself beautifully to do it again do it, again. do it again. Do it again. Oh, I. Oh, I'm gonna. You know, I'm gonna. Let's see how far I can go without saving. Yeah. Let me. <laughs> you know. Let me. Let me do. Let me see. Because there's there's one achievement uh, for never opening the item box. I'm like, oh, oh honey, shit. Yeah. No. Why isn't there one for like, like what was it, 1,500 or 15,000? Some steps. ridiculously yes. small amount of steps I'm like, or something. That's not gonna, yeah. I get lost. No. That's not going to wow. happen. How do you even never opening the item box? Uh-huh. That is but like... there's a path, so yeah, I can do it. There's, yeah, all right, yeah. I, I can, I'm now like, I love to, like that. just thinking about it, you're like, all right, how would I do it? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And then, so each, I would start each run with an arbitrary goal. Let me see if I can do this without opening the item box. <laughs> and I would get to a point where I'm like, okay... That's not fun for me at this time. I will shift gears. And now it's, let me see if I can find all 15 of those damn little raccoons. Cool. And every time I chipped off a little bit more, like I found one more raccoon or I got through one of the William Birkin fights faster or better or without ever getting hit, I felt a real sense of achievement because I had brought a little bit more order to this this chaos and it was very gratifying and very very helpful yeah it's cool too that there is i i think when somebody hears i think that there is a type of person that looks down on the word comforting and they interpret that as you know dulling that you're dulling mm. your feelings that you're dulling your senses that you're using uh video games or books or whatever if you're if you're using media at all you're using it as an opiate mm-hmm. to and, and like the the thing that i find so pleasurable about classic resident evil like classic resident evil is that it it through the process of going through that orderly path you can order yourself that, exactly. like all of a sudden yeah you you, could, you find yourself thinking with increased clarity it's like no different than the you know, people talk about the shower effect, finding inspiration when you're taking a shower. I find the the process of going through an orderly structure like a classic Resident Evil, like Resident Evil 2, to be uh, clarifying for my own thought process. Uh, Susan, I played Resident Evil 2 for review, hmm. and my big thought coming out of it was that they finally 
after 22 years of this series, came up with what I think is the perfect expression of what Resident Evil is. Mm. That, like, Resident Evil has always been a very restless series. It's always been trying to figure out what the fuck it's supposed to be. Mm. And I've always found it funny that people are like, Oh, Resident Evil 5, this is not my Resident Evil! Be like, what, is Gun Survivor your Resident Evil? (laughs) Uh, Umbrella Chronicles. Yeah, Yeah. is Umbrella Chronicles your Resident (laughs) Evil? Is, Is Code Veronica, where Claire Redfield can do fucking Matrix flips your Resident Evil? Yes, like, it is, goddammit. I will hear nothing bad about Code Veronica. <laughs> I want them to remake Code Veronica in so this bad. So badly. I know. Uh, and, and, give, and give me zero. Just give me zero and Veronica and we'll call it a day. Uh, yeah, just I'm sure we can get Giant Scorpion back on the horn. Yeah, man, he's Union now. He's, <laughs> he's, he's got his side but, like, I felt like this this is the first time I've played a Resident Evil game in 22 years where every single facet, every positive of every entry of Resident Evil is equally represented and melded into a coherent whole. Mm. Which, uh, like, I don't, I don't know if you had that ex- expression, but you loved Resident Evil 7 so much. Mm. And I felt like this took so many of the smartest structural thoughts of 7. And we're like, what if we put that in the classic model and just made it even more classic? Like the fact that you have to push through a door mm-hmm. rather than waiting for it to open or just going into another room. You have to like, hmm. Right. And like, that's such a distinct feeling that's distinct to that game. Yeah, the, the, I... This is a, a phrase that gets tossed around a lot uh, for this kind of thing, but it plays like you remember sure. the original playing. Yeah. And that's why it's so brilliant. It feels completely like you're just playing a pretty version of the original. Yeah. But, but they're, so they're so different. They're so different. They're so different. The original is janky. Nah, duh. And this is just... You gotta know how it's done. You gotta know how to finesse those tank controls. Oh, God. So here's, so bad. Here's how, here's how it's done, all right? You want to beat Leon A on the original 98 version? First, you go down the street. You go buy a bottle of absinthe. You bring that absinthe <laughs> home. You gotta pour, like, a wee dram of absinthe. And then you a gotta, wee dram. Then you gotta call Dave Roberts. You'd be like, Dave Roberts, I'm going to fucking beat Resident Evil 2 right now. And then you can blow up that gator. But if you think you're ever getting out of the sewers, you're not. It's not going to die now. You're, you're going to die there. <laughs> it's over. Uh, to your point earlier about like people not really making games like this anymore. Like I'm trying to think of like the closest sort of analog to it. And, like I think the roguelike is in that that it like it, they're trying to chase that same dragon. I think of this like thing that you have to try to wrap your head around, but in, in doing and trying to make it this, this like endlessly sort of random quote unquote random experience where it's like different every time they miss the magic of this like finite space Mm -hmm. that you perfect over and over and over again. Yeah. It's like, it's cool to have a game that feels a little different every time that you try to get a little bit better at, but it's, it's too ephemeral. It's too like I, if I gotta look up a wiki to like understand yeah. the synergies of your items and like hope that I get a drop if I make this specific thing happen. Like, I there you can't control that, mm-hmm. or it's too it's there are too many plates to spin. So I think you just you just nailed it. Is the elegance of the finite space? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that because when you think about Claire and Leon run through the exact same locations just slightly 
different perspectives of them. And each one has access to an area that the other doesn't. That is such amazingly elegant design. Yeah. And that, that doesn't happen a lot anymore because not because designers are not up to the task, but because the thinking is that no, everything must be bigger and more players and well, more well, and we, we need to get people streaming on Twitch and we need right. to have this thing like endlessly different so mm-hmm. people don't get bored of it, so right. people don't right. trade it in. Right. So Correct. like the idea of making a, a game that you can finish in t- two hours. Yeah. Technically. Feels absurd. Yeah, technically. But like that feels absurd in yeah. 2019, but they did it. And but they did it in such a way that it's not a two-hour game. It's a, it's a whole. It's a whole new ball game, guys. Like we're finally yeah. to a place where a ten-hour game is crazy profitable again. Mm. And thank praise be. Thank God. Uh, I, little fact about why even the original Resident Evil Two leaned into this structure of saying trying to beat things in a certain amount of time, mm. trying to reward you by perfection. Uh, so the original Resident Evil, if it's been a while since you've played either Resident Evil 1 or Resident Evil Director's Cut uh, for the original PlayStation, it would actually have different endings depending on how quickly you beat it and how well you beat it. Mm-hmm. So like it would change slightly. It was actually tricky to get the true ending. The kind of thing that's come a little bit back into vogue recently, but that was like almost unheard of at the time. It was very unusual. There was a contingent of Japanese players on super early message boards in the mid-90s that became obsessed with the idea of the knife run. And it was oh, totally yeah! it was totally fan-based. That's there right! Was, yeah. This is like old school internet lore, everybody. But it wasn't like built into the game. The game wasn't rewarding if you would do this. But the only thing in your inventory when you start Resident Evil 1 is an infinite combat knife that is almost useless. And so all of these people were like, oh shit, not only when they beat it and get an S rank, I am only ever going to use keys in the knife. No saves, no herbs, knife run. <laughs> and Hideki Kamiya was just like the knife run is the coolest thing I've ever heard of in my life and so that's why Resident Evil 2 is like if you can beat it in under two hours and you only save five times you get an infinite rocket launcher if you could beat it in under two hours with no saves you get an infinite chain gun and if you do it six times in a row then you can unlock Tofu the Tofu survivor the fourth survivor who is in this uh, Resident Evil 2 remake, but Tofu only has the knife. That's why Tofu only has a knife. Oh, that's amazing. The knife run. I love that. It's classic. It's classic. And like, I love too, that the, the richness of the game, the, the, the greatest meaning that you got from it, Susan, I love that. Like there's intent there that the, the people who made it know that, that's the place you're going to go to when you're playing it. Dave Roberts. Yeah. You've changed your mind about something that the three of us belly ached about a whole lot. We were not happy when Nintendo Online came out. I think longtime listeners of this show know 
that we sounded like a bunch of internet dorks being like, yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to no. spend $20 a year on this bullshit. But it... <laughs> uh, oh, great. I get to spend $20 a year to rent a copy of Super Mario Brothers mm-hmm. and Solomon's Key. Tight. Mm-hmm. Cool. <laughs> but no, I've changed my mind. I think Nintendo Switch Online is a valuable service if Nintendo can keep delivering experiences like what they delivered at the Direct on Thursday, which is Tetris Fortnite. It's called Tetris 99. <laughs> All right, what it's is... The, like, okay. are, are both of you playing this, Susan? Did you play yes. Tetris 99? Yes. You gotta give me the premise. I had to miss the Nintendo Direct. It's... It's okay. So a uh, uh, hundred Tetris pieces fall onto an island, and then <laughs> you... there's a no, llama. Uh, that was yeah. t- that was slick, man. That was really so, good. So they, but I mean, that's kind of what it is. It's you against ninety-eight other players, and you're playing Tetris. The brilliant thing is, like, not only do you see your board, which takes up the majority of the space in the middle, you say you see 98 other tiny little boards surrounding it. Wow. And what you do is, you know, in Tetris, like, you you have garbage attacks. So, like, when you're playing two-player Tetris, you're like, okay, if I make a Tetris, that sends X number of lines over. And if I do it with the T-spin, or if I do it, like, make a combo, that sends even more lines over there. And your objective is to try to push them up the top of the board. Now you're doing that to 98 other people. So what you do is while you're playing Tetris, you move the left you can move the left analog stick around and uh, you can direct this little um, targeting reticle and you move it over the board that you want to attack. And the other player that you're attacking will see it. They'll see this line like coming from where your board is on their screen right to their board and says under attack so what you're doing is as you're clearing lines you're sending them lines and they can they have a limited amount of time to make the same amount of lines to cancel that attack out uh otherwise the attack goes through and then you push it up and the thing like there are layers to this game You sound like a mad person. Like, because, like, no, like there's I, layers, I found, man. I found I found a Reddit post on the Nintendo Switch uh, subreddit that actually like talks about all the like hidden mechanics. Because there's no real tutorial for this. Oh, there's you just no, there's no tutorial it. at all. There's not. It just throws you into a, a match with a hundred people. Yes. Yeah. They just drop you in. You're like, I'm playing like, Tetris, oh, I guess. Right. And but yeah, I'll, yeah. Okay. So if all you do is play Tetris and play it well, you will probably make it into the top fifty. Okay. Probably. Sure. Every time. But then there's shit like badges, son. Yes. And KOs. We don't need no stinking badges. Oh, but so, you so do. Yeah, <laughs> as, you, uh, as you KO people, like if you are the one... So in, while you can move the targeting reticle around with the left stick, or you can use the right stick to automatically target people who are attacking you... Mm-hmm. Or automatically target people who are about to get KO'd. So if you're like, dude, I got fucking two Tetrises here... Hit that KO button, slam those two Tetrises down, boom, you knock them out, it says KO, and you get a badge point. The more badges that you get, the more bonus lines that you create when you create garbage for other players. Are the badges so, just specific to that match? Yes. Yes. Oh, all right. Yeah. So it's not yes. like you, so, you're like ranking up and no, shit. No, 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 no. 
I mean, there is a ranking level, but I think it's mainly just like, I played a lot of Tetris. Like, that doesn't really do anything. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so, like, the more badges you have, the more the more garbage you send, which is important because if you're not KOing people by the time you get to, like, the top ten, you're fucked. Because, yeah. like, people are just, you'll get wiped. But if you have a lot of badges, like, I made it to, uh, I got third place. Oh, nice! I got third place. And, yeah, and that's, like, once I figured out, it was like, okay, so these badges do this. If I uh, do the attacks and stuff, like, okay, uh... And then, yeah, you're just, like, at that point, it's just a battle of attrition to whoever yeah, can, like... True. Because the game also speeds up as, like, people get knocked out of the game. So is it, like, and, is it uh, speeding up in a traditional... Yeah, like, And, like, if pieces awesome. go faster and faster, 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 faster... And it's also uh, and important then, to note, clearing one line does nothing. Gives you a tiny bit of breathing room, but that's it. You don't send any garbage to anybody if you only clear one line. Wow. Wow. So, yeah. Yeah. So, and then I found out that this game is made by Arika, who is the... This is this the, is a, an Arika game. It is. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Who, the if you don't know who they are, they are the people responsible for the Tetris Grandmaster series. Whoa, 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 uh, whoa, 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 whoa. Is, Dave, roll back. Let's talk about something that the people would know. These are the creators of Street Fighter EX 1 and 2, everybody. They okay. created well, Skullomania. No. Yeah, okay. They Damn did it. create Skullomania. <laughs> okay, but no, like they, they are the like they know Tetris. Like they are the people who have like created some of the most difficult and like convoluted like the, like when you watch a speedrun and they're playing Grandmaster Tetris where like once you hit line 700 everything disappears and you have to play a tetris game with no pieces on the board at nine speed these are the people so they know how to make a game like this and the best part about it it's free if you have nintendo switch online yeah it's just a free thing like hey you thank you to our our subscribers you can download this game for free right now and play against other people. And like, apparently data miners have found that there are uh, other modes that are supposed to be coming. Like there's a team based mode that should be coming a computer mode where you can just play against like against 98 other AI players. And like, I mean, it's obvious that there are going to be other modes coming because like when you go to your stats, it says all and then Tetris 99. You're like, wait, that doesn't make any sense. Uh, But like the the fact that there are plans to keep updating this game and there are no microtransactions like for a series like a Battle Royale-esque multiplayer game that is, you know, been rife with. Oh, we're gonna give you those skins, dude. We're gonna you're gonna buy a battle pass and you're gonna buy this. It's like nice to get a thing that just is there because you're subscribing to the service that like you I mean you have to do it if you want to play online. And like to me, that is the kind of like Nintendo shit that I like to see when Nintendo does things that other people do. Normally, like when they announced the Nintendo online service, I was like, okay, well, if all you're going to do is give me ROMs, like that's not special. That's not like Club Nintendo. That's not like uh, Rusty's Real Deal Baseball, a game with microtransactions (laughs) about a uh, dog that is going through a rough divorce and selling you baseball mini games. Like, like that's that's the Nintendo that I want to see. And I think like like them 
saying, here's a game made by some of the best Tetris designers ever for free with a subscription speaks to the promise of where Nintendo Switch Online can go. Yeah, we that it's more than just like delivering games online and, oh, you can buy a $70 pair of wireless Nintendo controllers because you subscribe. Yeah, we we as a group talked when Nintendo Online launched about how it's kind of fucking gauche to sit there and talk about value sometimes to be like, oh, is it a real value for what you're getting? And originally, like twenty dollars for Nintendo Online did seem galling because you don't get to keep any of those ROMs of those Nintendo games. But worse, the online stuff, like the fact that you can't just talk to somebody that you're pay- yeah. playing Smash Brothers with well, is like, what, what am I paying for? What? That, well, that and the fact that the online was free for yeah. a year and a half and now they're making you pay for it right. for uh, right. uh, an online service that lacks features and isn't as consistently reliable. Yeah as xbox live or psn but now but but now now, you're getting yeah you're getting you're getting something that would be worth this is a game and like both of you have played this i have not played this would you pay twenty dollars for this game if it was just a game and somebody said it was good Hmm. because like tetris effect is forty dollars and i think tetris effect is worth forty dollars i do i don't no, nah. Uh, <laughs> the thing here here's the thing that I really enjoy about Tetris 99. It has that 1 versus 100 feel. I I got that vibe. I got that vibe based on what you guys are describing. Yeah, and that is I I don't love Tetris. Everybody likes Tetris, right? And I don't think I'm overly good at Tetris. And mm. yet I I did I do well enough in matches to feel good and Mm. feel competitive and and get that one versus 100 feeling plus adding to that the thing works like magic it works so well hit a button boom oh we're matching okay time to play if you get knocked out you don't have to wait for the match to end is there any kind of communication tool like Nope. Can you look that's great yep exactly so you're not you just hop in yep beautiful so if it, like sometimes it, it will happen, sometimes you will get randomly targeted by six people at once and you're knocked out almost immediately. Okay, you can drop out. You, there's none of that downtime of like, oh, now I got to wait for everybody else to finish the game. Nope, drop out, time to replay. Great. The, the barrier to entry to just play, play, play is super minimal, very low friction. And I do wish it taught you yeah <laughs> what things mean, like what the badges mean what any of that means it doesn't not even a little bit sounds like you picked it up pretty quickly though oh i looked it up son yeah, yeah and I'll, I'll post the i'll post the the guide that i use <laughs> in the show notes because it's pretty in depth but uh yeah it's there's a lot going on and when they drop you in you're just like i'm just gonna clear lines right now yeah exactly but uh, yeah, no, it's like for me, I don't think it's worth $20 on its own yet. Mm. As like if I were going to spend money on a game, uh, I think that like when they maybe what by the time that they add more of these modes, uh, they can get the uh, I, I think like what it's a more fully featured product. It would be worth that. But as like a thing that like 
part of a service that you kind of have to have anyway that you probably got because you wanted to play Super Mario Brothers uh, as a as a promise that they're going to keep updating this thing because it, it really does feel kind of like, hey, we made Fortnite Battle Royale. It's in very early access, but here it is now. Play it and test it and we'll keep updating and changing like a like a live service kind of game. It absolutely feels like that, but with Tetris and it's I don't know, like it's the kind of thing that makes you go like, oh, Nintendo still got shit up their sleeve, you know, <laughs> I, I this is this might seem like a weird question. Uh, and I think you guys will know where I'm going with this when I ask it. How is it aesthetically? Because Tetris, I find, can live and die by how it's presented. Like, my favorite versions of Tetris of all time are Game Boy Tetris in 1989, and then the... Did, did you guys ever play the DS Tetris that Nintendo yes. published? Mm-hmm. That was, like, With, all like, the, the Samus level and the Mario yeah, level. Yeah, like it was, like, all 8-bit Nintendo-themed. That was really cool. That had a lot of really weird modes. And I, I really like Tetris Effect. Like, I like it when Tetris is strange. Uh, is this... It's not strange. It's not strange. It's nice, but it's not strange. Yeah, it's 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 very slickly produced. It's got a a banging remix of the Tetris theme. Nice. Uh, But yeah, like the the presentation is very like. Here's the menu. Here you have Tetris ninety nine. Yeah. Stats options and then when you go into the game you have like the it it does like going back to the one versus 100 sort of analogy it does look kind of like a game show or Mm -hmm. something Mm -hmm. where like the 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 background is like kind of the spinning sort of blue Mm. set of like rows and spheres and stuff and you can just see it's very cleanly presented but it doesn't feel lifeless in the way that the Ubisoft Tetris. Oh, Ubisoft Tetris. Did. Like I can't, I can't figure out like on the grand scale of Tetris, which is worse, EA era Tetris or Ubisoft era Tetris, because they were both just dire. I think Ubisoft because Ubisoft, like literally, the game is broken. <laughs> like the, <laughs> like there are enough bugs and stuff in it. Like the the frame rate, the frame rate of a Tetris game made parts of it unplayable on certain platforms. Wow. Like, that, that's inexcusable. <laughs> it's uh, Tetris. Man, where is... So if Nintendo's going down this path with Nintendo Online, where's that Uno? Where's Uno? Oh, I know, right? Where is yeah. Uno? Come on. Yeah, where's that the Uno Fortnite? That, give me that. G- give me Uno. Give me Catan. Catan with like oh my 50, god, oh my god. people. Oh my god. Oh my god. Yeah, put it, put it right in my <laughs> soul. Put it in the veins. <laughs> Yeah, it's so it's so cool that Arika are the ones who made this too because like I Tetris Grandmaster is really cool uh but it also is like the Tetris that you would expect to be in Kazuma Kiryu's Hostess Club like there's like a stuffiness <laughs> to it. Yeah, no, no like I'm not kidding it. Susan a, like this oh, what, like, what 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 do the kids like? They like Tetris. Yeah. Let me get the most extreme version of Tetris. I'm gonna get available. the elegant for for <laughs> real men who want to prove their strength. I don't. I don't even know what's Tetris happening right now. That's what I it don't... is. Like honestly, if like if you ever watch a Tetris Grandmaster match, it's like the kind of Tetris that you expect to see, like Elizabeth Shannon with big sunglasses playing, and somebody bringing her a bowl of cash and a glass of champagne while they're playing Got it. it. Like, Got it. It's Got it. it is. 
It is the version of Tetris that is played on the Ocho, Susan. Got it. (laughs) Got it. That's what it is. (laughs) Ah, yes. He's he's doing an excellent T-spin into that slot. Oh, oh, oh. What the heck is a T-spin? Okay. Yeah. So a T-spin is when you have, there's like a piece that you shouldn't be able to fit a like a normal Tetris piece in. Oh. But if you have a T block and you rotate it at the right spot, it'll like slide, slide in. Yeah. It'll oh, slide yeah, yeah, yeah. in. Okay, and okay. then if you do that, you get extra points for yeah. it. Okay. Because it's like it's an actual like it's like a tech more technical maneuver and, than just and like Tetris assholes will will argue <laughs> with you about what version you play. Because there there are very demonstrable differences between the versions and hmm. in some like it is easier to do a T-spin because oh. it's a version that has infinite spin, where which means you can land a piece, but as long as you're hitting the rotation, still moving, button, yeah. it won't lock. I right. think I think Tetris 99 has infinite spin. No, right. it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't. Um, nope. Don't think okay. so. It does it. It does it limit like there. There are ones that will allow you to land a piece, and then you get like a set number. That you can rotate before. I think it's it I think it's a time thing. Like you land yeah. it, and then you've got a, like a fraction of a yeah, second. Yeah, got a fraction of a second to move it, and then you're done. Yeah, grandmasters like that. Grandmasters yeah. like that. I I don't know if you guys are are getting that I'm like a closet case for Tetris. <laughs> <laughs> Tetris is great. Yeah, like it's it's I'm one so of those things like. By this. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> Love Tetris. Like for, yeah, for, yeah, for me, it's always been one of those things. Like, oh, like yeah, like you said, everyone likes Tetris, but like between Tetris Effect and this, it's like, wait, like fuck, I fucking like Tetris is. But I mean, guys, Tetris is pretty great. Twenty nineteen, mm-hmm. and we have two innovative mm-hmm. versions yes. of Tetris. Yeah. Yep. What's next, fucking Frogger? It's well, no, Tetris is like te- like that's what's so great about Tetris that it's a palette that you that there is so much space inside of its simplicity that you can iterate on it in so many different ways. Like I love that Tetris within years, like within uh, just a few years of the original Tetris coming out, you already had all of these different versions that were such wildly distinct expressions of what that original game was. And like it was Hattress. Just... Yeah, Hattress. Yeah. Hattress, Weltress, or even like the Tengen, like the illegal te- version Tengen of Tetris. Tengen Tetris is the best. Oh. Yeah. So it is. It is. And it's way illegal. <laughs> oh, yeah. Super illegal. I, there is the most expensive version of Tetris ever made is one that you guys have probably never even heard of. And so before... The Tetris, so the Tetris company, like Alexei Pajanov's holding company under the Soviet Union, got contacted by this dude who had just like made bank licensing games for Atari and all of the early consoles. And he tried it at an electronics convention and like it was just set up on a Soviet computer that somebody had and they were checking it out and he was like, oh my God, we're going to make every dollar that has ever existed in history with this. So they sent him out and he was like, we got to get it on consoles and into arcades. And he had already worked with a lot of the Japanese uh, developers and publishers 
throughout the 80s. And so while he was in Japan, he kept doing a sort of shady deal of licensing, like, oh, you're allowed to make the console version, you're allowed to make the handheld version, you're allowed to make the arcade version. And so before Nintendo came back to him and was like, no, 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 no. We want the exclusive rights to all the home versions of this. And this contract's bullshit, and we're not going to sign it. He had already signed another contract with Sega, allowing them to make home versions. Because they were like, oh, well, Nintendo, you can make your Game Boy version and your arcade version, but you can't make an NES version. And they had allowed Sega to make a Genesis version. Oh my god. And And Sega had gone so far into this that they had actually manufactured like a dozen copies oh my god and so there are copies of tetris for the sega genesis that are worth about thirty thousand dollars if you can find one because they are bananas illegal (laughs) like you think you think fucking x-men destiny by uh silicon knights needed to be recalled let me fucking tell you about these uh yeah yeah it's crazy and like it's illegal the genesis version feels totally different from the game boy version like if you go play it on an emulator and it's just like the the falling rate's a little bit distinct it's just got all these little different moving pieces to it it's just a just a very distinct thing dave how long are you going to be in there the the nice thing about this it, like one of the things that I don't like about other battle royale games is that they like one they are too chaotic for me. There's just too many options available. You don't like those dances. So like I I like always feel like I tried out Apex Legends and I was like, hey, this is really neat. I really like the movement. I think like the fact that there are like heroes is cool, but like I don't got the time to like learn everything. I don't have the time to like learn where the weapons are, and it's just like and the matches take like like 30 minutes it's just it's too long i don't have the space for it tetris 99 you boot that shit up you're playing five mi- games are like five ten minutes and then you're done and you awesome. can play again or you're not and like it's just it's so snappy and it's so the because it's tetris one you already know what to do the the extra stuff is like yeah you need to learn it but it's not like it's nowhere near the sort of kind of like space like game space as like PUBG or Fortnite or Dota or whatever. Um, it's just, it's, it's nice. It's, it's just a nice thing that you can just pop in and play. So I think it's going to be one of those. That's like, if I got 10 minutes, I want to play a game. 99. Yeah. Play a game. Cause like, I like Tetris. I'm kind of good at it. And like the stuff that they've done around the Tetris is cool. So I'm going to keep doing it. Um, so yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to keep, Digging in there, Susan. Did you I'm try gonna, that? You're gonna see me on the. You're gonna see me on the esports scene soon. <laughs> esports, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, Red Bull star Dave Roberts, smash that like button. <laughs> Tetris 99. Uh, so did you try that Apex Legends? Nope. No. I don't care. I just don't care. I don't care. I'm sorry. Like I don't care. I don't, I don't care. care. I'm so. Look. I don't care. Look. <laughs> I. I got into a conversation on uh, in, our, in the Continue Podcast Discord. There you go. Which you can access by becoming a backer. For for a mere dollar. Uh, five dollars. No, $5. $5. $5. $5. I was going to say, it's, on, it's five bucks. Five dollars. To get the yeah. goods. Jabronis. 
I respect that there is very clearly a market for this sort of mass, you know, population shooter style game. I get it. Yeah. Fine. And it's going to have mechs or suits or what? Cool. Great. Go have fun. Mm -hmm. What I call me when there is a mass cooperative building game. That sounds great. Right? Like, okay, guys, you have to build a bridge. And what you got is some sugar cubes and duct tape. And then 100 people got to figure out how to make a bridge out of sugar cubes and duct tape. Like, that's that's what I'm interested in. Like, let's – I, I completely respect and understand wanting the competition of learning maps and understanding the weapons and mm-hmm. strategy and great. Rock on with your bad self. <laughs> not interested when i when they had the announcement trailer for apex legends and they were like here's what respawn's doing i watched it and it was really weird i kept turning the volume up and down because as they were describing the game all i heard was <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah i don't know <laughs> I don't, it, it is fun like it is one of those but like honestly <laughs> i i'm they're not allowed to eat in dave's diner it's one of those <laughs> battle royale games. That's not what I'm talking about. No, don't put words in my mouth. Uh, but no, like, it is... It is one of those, but it yeah. is one of those. But a well a very done good one of those. And I'm just, I'm so glad that Respawn won one. I'm yeah. so glad. Somebody's After, nice to like, them. like, that the Titanfall, like, Titanfall 1 was a flash in the pan for, like, a, a hot month. Like, really up... And then disappeared. That's true. Titanfall 2 didn't register. Mm-hmm. It's true. Uh, and so to see them like Still put this out. Still like, bitter it, about that being our game of the year. Do you guys think that when he gives you a thumbs up and then throws you into the, the fucking air. Yeah, awesome. sure. That's game of the year. When, when EA, <laughs> when EA like, finished the acquisition of Respawn, do you think that like they just slammed a copy of Titanfall two on the table and they're like, "We hope you got it out of your system," because you're never no, apparently doing this again. <laughs> they are saying that there is going to be another Titan tit- game in the Titanfall universe oh, okay. at the end of the year. We'll see what that is. It's, they're saying it's not. The it's kart VR racing. Game. Yeah, it's kart racing. It's, <laughs> it's it's just <laughs> ultimate team. It's just ultimate team where you buy packs of cards to build your best card mech. Uh, okay, I, I would play that. Yeah, actually, I as I was coming, they were working on a card game, and it got canceled. What? Yeah, wasn't there something based on? It was based on the burn cards, right? No, I don't like know. If it was a Titanfall burn cards, card or, game? But there was like a there was a mobile Titanfall yeah, card game. Yeah, that was, was in yeah. like out. They, like I think it was out in like New Zealand where they test like apps because nobody's gonna make a New Zealand account except for weirdos like me. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't play it. <laughs> But like there, like when you bought the game, the disc had an ad for the mobile game. It was a card game, and yeah, it never came out. Oh, that's so weird! Wow, that's yeah. bizarre. Yeah. Um, yeah, their Star Wars game. We'll see. I don't know. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> All right. So I don't. I don't want to belabor this point because oh, I'm. I'm. I don't want to. Strapping folks. I don't want to do. I don't want to do this to everyone. I don't want to do this to everyone. This is, but this is probably going to be the last time we talk about Kingdom Hearts for at least twelve years. I wanna, I wanna, because I wanna make a modest proposal. Okay. Okay. And these are words that have never left my mouth. Okay. 
Kingdom Hearts 3 is a profoundly subversive game. Oh my god. There it is! <laughs> I could, like, I, feel... I could feel Susan's reaction. Alright, Susan's head explode, but you know what? I, I get you. You feel me? You feel me? I feel you. Alright, here here is here are the reasons why it's right. a subversive game. And I'm gonna Lay give it you... On me. Lay it on give, me! I'm gonna give you three. There are okay. three. Alright. The biggest one... And I think Kingdom Hearts 3 embodies this even more than any of the previous games in the series. And as like a sort of definitive expression of this whole weird experiment, it is it is effective. It is the the final like I could see Tetsuya Nomura like shaking in his office being like, this is my thesis when he finished this game. (laughs) To use... To use the pop culture icons that straddle a century, to use Mickey Mouse and Donald Mm -hmm. Duck and Goofy and Frozen. And when I talk about pop culture icons, like people, people will be like, people still care about Mickey Mouse. Have a child. You'll find out how quickly they do. But also Mickey Mouse and these other icons are the foundational pieces for what we think of as a cultural icon at this point in 2019 mickey mouse is the most recognized uh, silhouette and Mm -hmm. logo in the entire world number two batman yeah it is so there you go and 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 it's all the way down the line it's it's two two elsa and them it it is 100 years it is a pop cultural icon smorgasbord and to use those icons to to make what is effectively a surrealist fantasia about the human soul that is told through weird impressionistic like that you can't even call them dialogues you will be <laughs> susan there are boss fights at the end of this game where you're fighting three people at the same time, and when you whittle down one of their life bars, the fight stops fucking dead. So that that one character can have a private conversation with your playable characters and deliver a soliloquy about what it means to actually feel again. Because they've been devoid of emotion for years. This is what it's doing with the most recognizable brand icon in history. That they are allowed to do it at all is, is fucking is a amazing. Miracle. It is Banana. It's incredible. It is yeah. incredible. It is, it is one of the weirdest ways I have ever seen somebody take something that is incredibly valuable and say, huh, you know, if we wanted to make a lot of money, we should just make like the easiest most safe most familiar thing in the world and said what if we did the opposite yeah what if we have emotion the emotional climax of your journey Mm -hmm. reference a character that you will only know Mm -hmm. if you played the mobile game yeah Uh uh-huh and then okay that's not subversive that's bullshit and (laughs) 
Well, and now we're going to sell 5 million copies of this thing. Yeah. Uh, Like that's, but also like you can't, you can't access the full version of the mobile game anymore. Like I'm pretty sure the servers for unity are down. Unless they reopen no, it's, them. It's, no, it's Unity Cross now. Oh, it's it Unity kind Cross. Of got, oh, forgive me. Right. I think they did like a Realm Reborn yeah. thing for the mobile game. Son of a bitch. So, okay. It's... That's that's one reason. That's the biggest reason. <laughs> okay. Okay. That alone, okay. that alone impresses me. Okay. The second reason is that this is a game that people have been champing at the bit for for 13 yes. years. We need this giant sequel. It's got to be the most epic. The most grand... It takes the a, most social, the most social experience <laughs> to ever land on PlayStation. We uh, heard your feedback. Hey, hey, when when old when old House Dog was standing on the E3 stage in 2013, and this game was revealed for the first time, you know, six years ago, six he was years saying a- shit. Six like years that. ago, six years ago. It this game takes about 30 hours. It is okay. a drop in the bucket. It is focused it is question how long do the other ones take oh man two takes like a good 50 like like 40 to 50 40 to 50 birth by sleep takes about like 50 to 60 uh they're long they're long and you know this is for a marquee game to like be coming in way under the clock of like a spider-man or god of war that's pretty crazy to me and it is in the interest of just telling a story that is so taut, so focused, so driven to just delivering on all of its themes and character beats that there's just no wasted space. It's just boom, boom, mm. boom, boom. And endless there's story. no gummy ship. Is that what you're telling me? All right. There's gummy there's ship. There's gummy ship. There's gummy it ship. It doesn't suck anymore. It doesn't suck oh. anymore. All right. Okay. And That's progress. Every stage is so structurally different. So, man... They're so fucking weird. There is a <laughs> there is a Pirates of the Caribbean stage, okay. except it's for the third Pirates of the Caribbean movie. You know, the weird one that opens in hell and they have to save Johnny Depp from hell and that ends with Jeffrey Rush marrying people in the middle of a fight with a squid. Yeah, they, they, they went back there. And that game, <laughs> that mi- that little world... Is just like, we're going to give you a pirate ship and we're just going to, I don't know, open up an island like archipelago in this world. And you can sail around to different islands. And it's not like open world nonsense where it's like, oh, go take a mission for weird pirate pants Magoo. It's, there are really cool, cool islands. <laughs> you'll find treasure, you'll level up. But you don't have to do it at all. It's just okay. There, there is a bullshit part where you do have to find three hundred white crabs. You gotta find it the crabs to it move sucks the ship. Ass. Yeah, it's yeah. I actually but, like finding the crabs. Son of a, of course you did. <laughs> it's well because it's a bullshit PS2 mini game. Yeah, but and, yeah, like it's also it's also just like you would be finding them anyway. It's ex- it's exploration of the space, and so it's just like here, go do this, blah 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 blah. Yeah, but it sucks anyway. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> Focus. Anyway, but no, it's it's fully redeemed when they play out the ending of the Pirates of the Caribbean movie. Exactly. And fucking Donald and Goofy are on a boat that murders an English Murder! ship captain. Murder! <laughs> Goofy is complicit in the death of human beings. No, he complicit not just a human being, but an English officer. Yeah. Like he is he if if he got tried, he would be hanged. Yeah. I don't I don't know if everybody's 
up on the Pirates of the Caribbean sequel that came out 12 years ago. But <laughs> at the end of it, it's like, oh, now they have two pirate ships and uh, fucking Legolas is captaining the demon one and Jack Sparrow's on the one that he wanted all along. And they go up alongside the evil British East India Trading Company ship that's been hunting down pirates and they blow it to fucking smithereens. Recreated Goofy in full. Goofy cheers. Goofy is cheering. Goofy is jumping up and down and saying, Gorsh! And it is great. Number two. Number three. <laughs> on top of all of this, on top of all of like this grandeur that is clear inside of a commercial product and this bizarre, uh, aggressive use of the most profitable icon in branding history to deliver a message that is ultimately soulful. The third most subversive thing about this is how bananas patient it all is, even while it's so focused. The battles seem like the the perfect substantiation of what you think an action RPG is going to look like big budget in 2019. It's light, and it's explosions, and it's all of these different moving parts, and you're doing a super combo, and then you're summoning a monster's ink sword, and then you're making a freaking pirate ship appear from nowhere and slam into bad guys, and it's all Sturm and Drang. Until it gets to a moment where you're just walking for a little while. In between everything. And then your characters will talk to each other, and there's no booming music. It shows all of the patience and grace of the funeral scene from the beginning of God of War. And it's all to deliver messages of uh, self-awareness and forgiveness. Spoiler warning for anybody that has not finished God Kingdom Hearts 3, skip for the next five minutes. Dave, have you beaten Kingdom Hearts 3? I have, yes. When you get to the end, you forgive the bad guy. You forgive him. Yeah. And he forgives you. And he just realizes that he's tired. It is... I, 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 can't, I cannot believe it is in a commercial product with the kind of money that it has behind it with the tools that have been made available to it. It is not for everybody. I, I think... I, <laughs> That's an understatement. It is an understatement. I think that Kingdom Hearts 3 can be a wildly alienating game because... The series. The whole like, series. You, you have to, like, for the emotional beats of 3 to land, you have to play, like... Like, luckily, you can get them all on PS4 now, but, like, if that didn't exist, you would have had to play... Games on, like, four different platforms over the course of a decade. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, sa I made this comparison to Dave, Susan. I would never recommend that you play these games. Uh, I know that you tried them way back in the day. I think that you would find the experience of playing this game so insufferable that you <laughs> wouldn't be able to get to the meat. I, well, I, think, I think mechanically she would find enjoyment there. Oh, maybe. Uh, like it is, it is, it is the hands down the most fun game like time I've had playing video game playing a Kingdom Hearts game. They're straight whatever. up Ratatouille cooking mini games too. So like yeah. get on the bus. Uh, 
But I, I, I said to Dave, I made this comparison, and Dave said that he'd seen other people making this comparison. There's a bit of the Twin Peaks about it. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Yep. Like, yeah, I, I mean, like, in terms of, kids. like, uh, of, of pacing and in terms of uh, Of, like, well, like, referring to metaphor as, like, literal things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of, like, of, of the blending of dream mm-hmm. and metaphor into reality and like the line there like the line being blurred as nope. to not even being yeah. there. No, nope. exactly. You're out for that. Nope, nope, nope. And nope, like nope, nope, cool. Nope. Like, yeah, plenty of surrealist text does the same thing out there. It's di- it's difficult to do it right, but they don't have fucking Mickey Mouse in them. Okay. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> I alright, here's okay. Here's where I'm coming down on this. I respect and appreciate what you're saying, yeah. and you've made a, a really strong argument. I'm buying what you're selling. Cool. I'm not touching this fucking game. All right, let me let me let me try to upsell you <laughs> one more time. Woody from Toy Story is played by a Hanks, not the Hanks, a Hanks. <laughs> oh boy, it's Tom Hanks' brother. It's, oh, I thought it was son it's... of Hanks. No, oh, it's, it's Jim Hanks. It, no, it's Jim Hanks, and I think he's the voice that they get whenever they have like they need to do like a like they get it like a Woody doll. Yeah, it's like some kind of toy where they need Woody's voice, but like Tom Hanks isn't available or he's too expensive. Get, His brother's like, I will do it. Get that sub Hanks. So yeah, get that sub Hanks. Sub Hanks. <laughs> Costco. Sec- Costco. Hanks. Second Hanks. Yeah, but like I Costco. no I. <laughs> you get that. God damn it! Get that bulk item, Hanks. <laughs> yes, yeah, I, I like, I, 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 I wouldn't ever say play this. It's not like it's not like a near situation where I think that you would ultimately get something like very, uh, yeah, yeah, very yeah. good out of it. Well, you know, I just I hate surrealism. It, it, yeah. it drives me around the bed. Just say what so. you mean. <laughs> like, no, look. Look, I was going to be a high school English teacher. I can teach metaphor and allegory and all that, and I'm totally down with it. But it's when it's up its own ass that I just can't. See also the ending of Inside. Sure, sure. Yeah. And like, like, what what is that shit? There are moments in Kingdom Hearts 3 that are very the ending of Inside. Okay, I'm out. I'm out. Mickey Mouse is there. Yeah, which is that is weird. That is really Come on, weird. Sora! We need to figure out the meaning of life together with the mystery mousketools! <laughs> We've got a carton of milk! A pipe like, that doesn't work anymore! An old watch! <laughs> and a copy of Shane where the ending's been torn out! <laughs> There's a there's a really good review of this game by Julie Muncie. I think she wrote it for Waypoint, where she talks about how this game is the example that you would give someone when you say we need better public domain laws. Yeah, because if this is what we can get when two corporations who have very specific brand identities and ways that things need to be presented and they're able to tell this story this fucking weird story with like like you like iconic characters like imagine what people could do yeah. 
Yeah. Nope. If they had free mm-hmm. <laughs> No, 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 no. I'm going to argue that all day long because people are terrible. <laughs> yeah. You no, get people real are terrible real and they will, there will be some kind of serial killer Mickey Mouse porn out there and I'm not here for it. <laughs> Stop it. Who, no. How do you know it's not already there though? It, I'm sure there's, I mean, let's be honest. It's out there somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, I, yeah. I, no. I, uh-uh. I got to say. There are things that need to be protected. Yeah, I I agree with that. I agree yes, with that. Yes, but with the, you know, but without public domain, like we wouldn't have the the Sherlock BBC show. Sure, I I you know? I will say I that like I regard- disagree with that entirely. I mean, they, but the BBC show doesn't have to pay uh, the estate of uh, Conan Doyle, Doyle mo- yeah, money to make the Sherlock show. Yeah. Okay, that's a bonus. <laughs> cool yeah. but i mean they still would like you know what i mean like they would they'd be like yeah, all right we'll yeah. shell out the licensing fee and we'll make our brilliant show sherlock and that's great like i don't i understand what you're saying that removing the 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 you know having better better public domain laws grants access to a greater pool of people and thus opens up more possibilities for great art and that is true and i appreciate that point However, I think the po- the potential also for diminishing art yeah. to yeah. to exist is far greater. Yeah. And I am not willing to see things sullied for the off chance that someone's going to make something cool. Yeah, I definitely would like to see a return to uh, you know the the public domain laws of the past where you know, as recently as 1975, it was like when the creator and, you know, the state the, yeah. behind this thing dies, that plus 40 or 50 years. Yeah, I'm and, down with that. You know, and like, fine. Yeah. Like, yeah. the thing that Kingdom Hearts really reminds me is that I I would love to see more of a willingness, even on the part of the people that allowed this to be made, to not be so precious about mm-hmm. the things that are under their stewardship that when you allow a group of artists to go the freaking distance yep. with their vision, you can end up with something that people find incredibly affecting and powerful, even though it is the opposite of safe. And there is nothing about Kingdom Hearts that's, that is safe. You know, originally, I wanted to talk to you guys about Kingdom Hearts from the perspective of sticking with a series or a mm. franchise long enough to see it become something else. But like going back and looking at Kingdom Hearts 2, like, nah, it's always been this. It's like, yeah. <laughs> it's always, it's always been this goddamn weird since 2006. Like 2002, that original game, like it's mostly normal. They sneak it in at the end. They sneak it in at the end. But like by the, by the time Chain of Memories came out on Game Boy Advance, like that game is weird as balls. <sighs> Speaking of things that are weird as boss, somebody made this show happen <laughs> by backing it on Patreon. <laughs> and some of them we would like to thank. <laughs> Dave. <laughs> I, I, I apologize. That was the best the transition I've ever done, Susan. Of Anthony, you're not actually weird as balls, uh, folks. That's, uh, first of all, that's, that's uh, sexist. And oh. uh, also, y'all aren't weird. And thank you for giving Anthony's us, weird. Yes. Yeah. Giving us giving us money. That's yes. that's that's real super of you. Yes, thank you. Uh, yeah. 
Anthony's the weird one. Anthony, okay. Anthony is tr- is trash. Yes. Everything that <laughs> yeah. Susan just said is accurate. He's just he's just a, a shit post made life. I you know. <laughs> I should get that on a card. <laughs> <laughs> like Anthony John Agnello living shit posts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hand that out to E3 to your contacts. Yeah. Uh, okay, I'm going to give a special shout outs here to, you know what you did. Uh, <laughs> a, a special shout outs to uh, the people who made this podcast happen. Um, to Ryan Brady, Nick Grugan, Double Taco, Yaddle, Gluttony One of Seven, Peter, Ryan Mance, Derek Sanskrit, Adam Condra, Matthew Peters, Michael Coffey, Thierry Belair, Eric Van Quill, The Fancy Manatee, Denton Brock, Elio Dare, Ludwig Kitzman, Stormshot, Frank Sands, Kalen Houston, Axel Olsen Manghol, Tyler Nilsson, Shane Nilsson, Jacob Christos, Chris Cook, Skip Dippity, Tim Chesson, Bullet Bobom, Daniel Squire and Tom. Thank you guys so much. Thank, Thank you. you very much, you guys. Yes, yes. And if you if you would like to contribute to the show, uh, go to patreon.com slash continue podcast. Five dollars gets you access to our exclusive um, exclusive Discord channel where we like to hang out and talk to our fans about silly things. Uh, you get exclusive segments of the show, uh, and ten dollars gets you a special shout out during this section here. So. Thank you all. Yeah, so I, I want to apologize much. to our backers that I haven't been uh, able to hang out in the Discord as much as I usually do the past couple of weeks. I'm ready to ready to get back in there, start hanging with everybody. Uh, yeah, please share the show with a friend. That would mean a lot to us if you could do that. If you know somebody who isn't listening to the show yet and you think they might enjoy this, uh, let them know about it. Go play Resident Evil 2 and Tetris 99 and Kingdom Hearts 3 as well. That would be good for you. Uh, Susan, where can the people find you? Uh, you can find me on the Twitters at Susan Arndt. I think that's it. Is that it? No, you can find <laughs> you at DZone. Uh... Yeah, but I don't write there. I just run the joint. <laughs> just run the joint. Yeah. Susan runs the joint. That's good. You should go to the, the joint that Susan runs. Uh, I will say, zone. however, if uh, we just launched at, over at DZone, we just launched our podcast. Oh, nice. This week, yeah. So it is on Spotify and Spreaker. Uh, look for DZone Radio and Tom's Tech Notes. It's uh, about uh, developer stuff, enterprise developer stuff, and DevOps and SysOps and stuff like that. So it's very technical. Uh, but if that's your jam, give it a listen. Yeah, I, I, there, there are people who are in our, our Discord group who I think would actually find that incredibly useful just off the top of my head. Dave Roberts, where can the people find you, you find learning me, that Japanese? Find, 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 they, uh, I, I don't practice it in the Discord, but I talk about it. There you go. That's where I hang out. And I also hang out on Twitter, at David Robots. That's that's where that's where that's where Dave those, is. Those are my haunts. On the internet. Those are where I like to lean one foot on the digital wall and and kind of look and loiter a little bit. I like that. <laughs> Guys, should our next episode be a, a movie commentary episode? Should we do it again? Let us know, everybody. Let us know if you want us to do that again. It depends on the movie. It depends. Yeah, it depends on the movie. Uh, oh my God, we didn't talk about the fact that Dragon Quest Builders 2 is four player. That's a... <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Next episode. We'll see you in two okay. weeks, everybody. You can follow me at A. John Agnello on Twitter and I'm at escapismagazine.com every day. Goodbye, everybody. We'll see you in two weeks. Bye. Goodbye.